All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Can We Kick It podcast. I'm your host, Mike Corio, along with my good friend, Chuck, here. Hey, hey. How's it going, Chuck? Good, bro. How are you? Pretty good. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good, man. We were in Lafayette, Louisiana. Nice. Went there, watched uh, my son compete in uh, track meet, pole vault. Um, so spent day down there Friday. Nice. Stayed Saturday in the morning and... Uh, Went to a little festivals Acadian, this kind of uh, food, music, culture festival, and it was actually on ULL campus, and it was pretty cool. Like they have it every year. They hadn't had it in two years because of COVID. Nice. And so it was, it was like a three day long, just like three four stages, music like all day. People just bring in tents and um, chairs and camping out. So. We, we stayed a couple hours on Saturday before we headed back to Houston, and then, um, then uh, yeah, just kind of relaxed Sunday, and then uh, had dinner with uh, my daughter and my mom and uh, Blanca and one of uh, my daughter's friends, and so, yeah, just then back to, back to normalcy work-wise the rest of the week so far, so... Did you have any crawfish while you were over there? Oh my god! They had uh, got three pounds of crawfish. Uh, we did dinner with my son on Saturday night at Lafayette and got a crawfish, and he got this burger that was um, like had, was a he said it was one of the best burgers he had. It was mm. like a had was topped with uh, like crawfish queso with oh crawfish gosh. tails on top of the burger. Yeah, and it looked really good. He <sighs> devoured it. And then we got uh, alligator bites as appetizer. It was they were like not chewy. It was like probably the best alligator that I ever had. Nice. I don't eat it much, but yeah, it's been a while. It was super tasty. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So crawfish were good. Of course, they were. You know, they're. I think they pretty much farm most of them in that area yeah. of Louisiana. So it's definitely cheaper. It's still like five ninety nine a pound or something, <laughs> which. You know, used to be able to get them like two ninety nine, three ninety nine oh, a yeah. pound years ago, and now, you know, everything I've seen in Houston this season so far has been like eight ninety nine, seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine. So H E B across the street, yeah, it's like eight ninety nine a pound. Yeah, cooked. Yeah, 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 cooked. Yeah, the best place in Houston, I think, is um, uh, in the Heights, called um, uh, crap. I can't remember the name. Oh, Boyle House, and mm. they're guys from Lafayette. And uh, but they're like eight ninety nine, cool. and then you pay like two dollars extra for like potato and yeah, corn, the good stuff. And, yeah. yeah, so you get out of there and you spend like seventy five dollars on crawfish, <laughs> you know, potatoes <laughs> for just uh, you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. was it spicy enough? Yeah, I didn't get the top spice because mm. I wanted to see what it was about. Yep. But they were spicy enough. I probably should have done a little spicier, but they were pretty good. I mean, I just love like <clears throat> with the crawfish, and you get the, all the. Spice at the bottom of the oh, yeah. stuff, and all you just roll the potato just and corn and the crawfish tails in there. So <clears throat> it was really good. What about you? What'd you do? I'll be honest with you, I didn't do a whole lot. I mean, we, I worked out in the yard all day. Yeah, that's all you got weekend. done was what's and you worked out all day. Oh, no, I finished so that oh, fence out there, yeah. I finished today. 
oh, before wow. y'all got here. Yeah. Nice. But uh, no, I think most of the Weren't weekend... Weren't you supposed to be working? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you were in a I was working in a, and then at four o'clock, uh, I you started... You stopped uh, and did the fence. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you started at seven? <laughs> yeah. You finished at four? Yeah. Yeah. I was a, in the office at seven. and An yeah. hour lunch break? Yeah. 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 Uh, eight at my desk. I didn't even take a break. Yeah. Oh, that's commitment. Dedicated, man. Dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, I think most this weekend I spent watching Severance. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, just powering through it, just getting caught up. Yeah, it was amazing, and didn't really go anywhere this weekend. Just stayed at the house and worked, and you know, got a new new bed, you know, new mattress. Oh, in. cool! Went to mattress room, bought a mattress and stuff like that. So it was a pretty good weekend. In not a whole lot. How you said your son had a competition? How did he uh, place? Uh, I think he got seventh, and he cleared. A bar is their first outdoor meet of the season mm. um, after the indoor season. So um, it was a good start. And so he's got another one on Friday. So nice. Um, you know, he'll keep keep going from there. So, uh, you know, he's he's a tough competitor no matter what. So always proud of him, watching him have fun doing he, what he loves to do. So and it's good that some of the meets are definitely within like two or three hours because it makes it um you know, easy to get over to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause one yeah. was at LSU and then one was at what Vanderbilt. Yeah. So we so, got a lot of good traveling. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of other big D one schools coming, coming up after this. So a lot of good places to visit as well nice. and try to make it to as many as I can. So we'll see how the spring goes. Um, but then, yeah, I'm going to the one Friday and uh, a buddy of mine got, two tickets to the uh sweet 16 in san antonio so i'm actually going up there thursday night so this will episode will drop on friday so hopefully by the time you listen you'll be everybody will be celebrating u of h's <laughs> win over arizona that's right man. uh arizona's yeah. a one seed right yeah oh yeah i think they're like the consensus number one team as well in the nation if i'm not wrong but i don't doubt it uh, now that auburn's out which I, auburn was overrated to me but but yeah, so I'll be going that Thursday and then uh, track meet on Friday and then Ooh. come back in to chill before I got to go out of town for work at some point next week. So, nice. you know, busy, busy, busy always. So now you were in Louisiana. Did you place any bets? I know anytime any, any one of us goes through Louisiana, we try to place a bet. Did you place any bets? I did. So I placed uh five bets when i was there <laughs> uh, only 25 dollars i put oh. in so it's it was small bets but i won uh, the first was college basketball mm. which i won two of the three nice and then the other two uh i bet on one soccer game and then another college basketball game the next day and i lost on that mm. so i mean two of the Two of the four college basketball ones that I lost on were like, you know, whatever team was playing Duke to beat them because it was like plus eleven hundred. So oh, like yeah. a five dollar bet would have won like two hundred something dollars or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I right, just throw that money down all day. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I knew there was a no chance of happening, but I did pick um, one team like a thirteen over a four or a twelve five. Like my two wins were yeah. were decent. But I ended up like breaking even. Yeah. You know, so I think I bet twenty five and I uh wound up with twenty four I know, twenty three in my account. Then the the last day I put twenty dollars on uh 
what did I put? Maybe on a soccer game and I lost. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was twenty dollars on uh, Arsenal versus somebody West Ham, and it put it's a tie, and Arsenal won one nothing. So mm. it was like, so I mean, I gave back the the money. Yeah. But well, yeah, I'll say yeah. Arizona Arizona is only favored by a point and a half over Houston. Houston's a tough basketball team. Their defense is yeah. is amazing. So that's. I think it's going to be a surprise game for a lot of people. I think Houston's going to going to have a really nice rally, and then well, they made the Final Four last year, so yeah. you know I think people forget like because they made the Final Four last year, and then with COVID year with the tournament canceling, and then the previous year I think they lost like Elite Eight to Michigan or yep. something at like yep. basically the buzzer. So with Kelvin Sampson when he came over from the Rockets, he just turned that program around like real quick. I think you can do that easier in college basketball, oh for sure, especially yeah. now with transfer portal, yeah. But he's it's done. It's all fair game now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can just bring in people left and right. <laughs> to... It's a bad time for Shashevsky to retire, considering he could just have anybody he wants. At yeah, any point season, it'd be interesting much. to see how if Duke takes a turn for the worse. Because even North Carolina, I mean, they're still good, but after the Roy Williams left, right, and then he he's not the coach anymore, right? There's someone else, but I think it's somebody else. Yeah, yeah but they. They're still good, but they lost some of their... I mean, they're still North Carolina and Duke, yeah. but you lose, like, the big-time coaches, you know, because North oh. Carolina, Dean Smith, and then Roy Williams from Kansas, and Duke said Krzyzewski for a long time, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, Williams was there when they went to the final. Yeah. Uh, like, six years ago? Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, When it was in Houston. I, I was at that game. Oh, and nice. And Villanova won at the buzzer. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Every, oh, that was a great game. Oh, it was I remember amazing. watching it. I was you all right? the way at the top. Like, yeah. it was unbelievable. That was in Reliant, right? Yeah. It was, yeah it was, <laughs> could you yeah. even see the basketball? Yeah. No, it was, yeah, the floor was, like, tiny <laughs> comparatively. Yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous. But it was amazing to watch that just drop in and everybody just freak out. Yeah. But, yeah, North Carolina's playing UCLA um, on Friday. But, yeah. And Texas Tech is favored by a point over Duke. So, I'm pulling for Tech. Yeah, they had Texas a good year. Team. I mean, the, the kind of... I mean, Baylor took an early exit, which was oh, a little yeah. surprise because they had a, they won national championship last year, and then they had a big year this year. Yep. Um, but like you have the SEC, pretty much pooped the bed. Oh, you yeah. know, I don't even know if there's anyone. Arkansas. Arkansas, is is a, the but they barely won team. the last one. Yeah, yeah. And, and they going up against Gonzaga, <laughs> Kentucky, and Auburn, two number two seeds lost. Uh, you know, and then LSU lost in the first round. And all these people we talked about that made it over A and M like are out and and Saint yeah. Peter's is somehow still in this thing. Yeah, the peacocks. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're peacocking around. That's right, man. <laughs> but See if they can take down Purdue, but yeah, Purdue's, Purdue's favored a, by twelve and a half. <laughs> yeah, Purdue is always a solid basketball team, right? Yeah. And then I mean that's a Big Ten kind of also shit the bed to oh, yeah. Purdue. It's interesting, like because they love seeing like. You know, St. Peter's is left. Uh, I mean, U of H is ACC. But, I mean, they they have a rich basketball history. They should have won the national championship twice, you know, back in the, what, 80s with with Keem and all that. And oh, yeah. they somehow lost, like, two finals. They lost, like, two finals in a row. And they, like, I think, like, actually probably three out of four finals they made and lost, you know. It was, like, the Buffalo Bills of oh, uh, yeah. college basketball. Yeah. I think they took it. He took him to, like, three or four straight yeah. final yeah. four appearances. Yeah, That's was, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was like <laughs> shit the bed. Yeah, yeah, and they had like yeah, they were. I mean, they had also like they, you know, at that time Georgetown without not Allen Iverson there, but uh, Patrick Ewing. I yep. mean, there was 
you know, they stayed in school and didn't jump to the pros. Oh, no, yeah. So they went four years. So you had, like, you know, like U of H and Georgetown and all these dynasties because no one was leaving early. So right. you had, you know, 22 and 23 and, 20, you know, guys <laughs> that are, like, three-year pros now right. were, like, still in college. Yeah. And that's where, like, U of H and some of the other schools, like, kind of the mid-major D1s that have built a program and they have, you know, a, a experience roster Yep. versus, like, you know, one freshman stud or a couple, like, young, like, Kentucky's teams used to have that. It'd be, like, five starters. Well, even, like, Michigan had it with the Fab Five. There was, yeah. like, five starting freshmen, right? <laughs> and they won the freaking national championship, I think, yeah. with that. So, and, I mean, you know, talent usually trumps a lot of things but you can if you have the right experience in team chemistry and talent yep then you know like u of h has developed i don't know if you saw the celebration as a sweet 16 when they won and kelvin sampson went in the locker room <laughs> took, his took his shirt off their dove of water and he's just like ah he's doing <laughs> yeah. the trump dance like the two-handed yeah. ghost elephant <laughs> yeah. and like they're just dumping water on him so I, I, somebody was joking about that, how he looked like Rocky from the back, <laughs> and then the front was just a train wreck. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So it'll it should be good. I've never been to the March Madness game tournament game, so yep. in person. So excited to go. Um, and you're going to Louisiana soon for work again, right? Yeah. So you're if you're going, I might have to Venmo you some money. Uh, Liverpool was playing Man City like oh. April 10th, and I really kind of want to put some money on Pool Boys to win that. Yeah, you, you know my Venmo. Yeah. so If anybody else wants to Venmo bucks. me money, yeah. not for gambling, just for me to keep, I'll, yeah. I'll give list my Venmo at the end of the show. We should we should put that on the page, yeah. The, yeah. The Chuck German yeah, uh, <laughs> Foundation. <laughs> yeah, support the Chuck German Foundation. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's you know going to be interesting to see how you know the rest of the March Madness goes in the bracket, but uh... yeah, it'll be. Um, who do you think is going to win? I'd like to say Houston. I'd love to see them win the national championship. I still think at the end of the day, it's probably going to be Arizona or is it Gonzaga's time? Because really, last year they were undefeated all year, and only loss was to Baylor in the championship game, and that they've been. F- like flirting around with winning a national championship for like 10 years now. So, yep. you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Villanova. I mean, Nova's a basketball school. They yeah. won it. You saw it. I mean, yeah. you're there when they won it in Houston. So, I mean, now you've got, besides the Cinderella's, I mean, you got Arizona, Villanova, um, Purdue, Duke, Kansas, Providence. Kansas. I mean, you've got, yeah, Providence is always a good big East team. Uh, Purdue, U of H, which, I mean, it's been a traditionally good basketball team. Yep. I mean, you've got us. I mean, with, you don't have Kentucky or Louisville. No. I don't think Louisville made the tournament, but or they may have lost early. But you, have, you don't have Kentucky. You don't have uh, Auburn. It's not the, typically no. a basketball school. But, a lot of uh, blue bloods in, the, in this Sweet yeah. 16 this year, yeah. It's been a, it's a good – haven't been, like, the buzzer beater, like, no. mayhem stuff, yeah. which is great, but – which well, it's not great that's not happening, but uh, I mean, it was good to see you know some of the upsets, but yeah, I don't know. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, we have, uh, there's a lot of TV going on that we've got to talk about here. Um, but I think, you know, today we're going to focus on, uh, a show called severance that we talked about, you know, a few times that have mentioned, we decided to watch a Mike mentioned that he, he caught up with all the episodes recently over the weekend. So, you know, we're going to talk about episodes one through six, yep. I think. By the time this comes out, the seventh one will be out out of the nine. But we've got a bunch of conspiracy theories, uh, really interesting takes and deep dives into into what we've seen in the show. Like, it's really a kind of mindfuck type of show. It is. And it's i these are my favorite type of shows and like where people are investigating on reddit and everybody's <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on everybody has their theories and we really don't know i've been holding off on getting on reddit like yeah because i want to just keep to my original theories but yeah i've been itching to get on reddit to just see what people have been thinking yeah yeah no and it's these are the fun these are what i love in tv so you know, just a warning, there will be uh, spoilers coming up. For sure. So if you haven't watched if you haven't watched it, you know, you may wanna, you know, pause it and go watch all the episodes and come back and listen to the second part after the break. Yep. Uh, but you know, that's what we're gonna talk about today and then we're gonna deep dive into that a little bit. And um, you know, I've also you know, we probably at some point talk a little more at some point about start watching we crashed last yeah. week about we work on apple i think it's on, yeah it's on apple tv jared leto and Anne hathaway yeah which out of the show out of like that or the dropout on hulu about theranos yeah. like if i'd recommend any of the shows i would watch the dropout because it's way better it's kind of like i'm not really digging we work after the first episode. There's mm. three episodes out, but yeah. watch the first one. Blanca and I did. I'm like, eh. I'm gonna still gonna watch it because yeah, yeah. Like we both watched the documentary on Hulu about it. Um, but yeah, it's not as good as. Uh, it's hard to compete when you've yeah. got Severance going on and then the dropout. It's it's a hard third. It's well, a pretty and, big drop off. And then just go listen. Like all the shows coming up, I know. Mike and I have talked about it multiple times of all the shows we're looking forward to, you know, this year and even the next upcoming months. But there's uh, like last Thursday's episode of The Watch. They spent an hour basically listing. They spent the whole podcast. No, the first 20 minutes of it. I think yeah. I sent you the screenshot to listen. Yeah. First, like 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes talking about all the shows they were excited to watch like in the next like month or two. And there were none, none of the shows that we basically have <laughs> talked about. I think yeah. Barry and maybe oh, some yeah. other, but like, which the trailer for Barry came out. You got to, I'm going to, I'm going to be trailer. ready for when that comes out. Yeah. So we can, oh. we can talk about it episode by episode. And then they're like Pachinko, which is a show yeah. from a book that's coming on Apple TV that like, I think Chris Ryan said was, 
the best episode of TV he's ever seen. He, he gave it a lot of glowing reviews. They already saw the screener. Mm. It comes out in a couple of weeks. But there's a lot of show, like something called like Slow Horses that's also coming to is a book adaption as well coming to Apple TV. There's a lot of really good TV that is coming out. So, and that's like not just stuff Mike and I like from like being funny or stupid yeah, or yeah. or these are like prestige style shows. Um, and you got Halo, I think, coming out. Yeah, on Paramount Plus this week yeah. on the twenty fourth. I think it'll be out by the time this drops, which yep. looks interesting. And for any of the video game fans, um, it should be fun. But uh any thoughts on you're watching still watching uh the stand yeah the stand and, on on paramount yeah. is just getting trippier and trippier but compared to, to severance i just i keep getting pulled back into yeah severance. it's hard it's yeah it's like to me it's like when we would watch um succession yeah like, it was hard for me to watch something new during that week because i didn't want my mind to be drawn away from yep. what was going on with that show so i'd watch something stupid and i've been doing that this week with uh besides watching um the dropout i've been watching workaholics oh yeah. uh it's on hulu it's a former comedy central show Damn. with uh, adam Devine, uh adam divine and anders holmes anders holmvik yep. and blake i don't know his last I name there remember, yeah. and kyle um <laughs> but man i've watched like just at night or like to zone out watch like the first two seasons that and i just forgot how funny that oh, show it's is so ridiculous yeah it's just like <laughs> he's obsessed with like escalades and honors <laughs> and that like this girl's hitting on him he doesn't even know he's like he's like all he cares about is escalate that she picks him up in yeah and i remember that episode yeah oh he has a swimsuit like on him and he gets <laughs> yeah. in the horchata they're, they're trying to to win like like or clippers tickets yeah it's just it's just so stupid it's just a a really stupid funny watch they did a movie on netflix i don't know if you saw it's called game over man yeah most ridiculous thing ever but i there was one part of that movie i could not stop laughing where he had to pretend to hang himself in the closet (laughs) i could not stop laughing Uh, there i listened to a podcast where they talked um i think it was no it was uh it was on comedy bang bang they had uh Anders uh, came out on there and they were, before they got into the skit type, improv type stuff they were doing, he talked about how that movie almost got them all banned from Netflix oh, and I that Netflix it. won't do let them do another movie because <laughs> yeah, how yeah. they just told them to do whatever they wanted and they made like this. It was so, it was like raunchy. Yeah, like, the most the ridiculous line. thing that yeah. they ever, it, it, yeah, game over, man. Like, yeah. I remember watching one time because I'm like, oh, this, wow, I love these guys. And I'm like, this movie is wild. Like, yeah, yeah. so, but yeah, I love seeing Adam Devine. Like, and then he's in Righteous Gemstones. It just his ridiculousness <laughs> is in every character that he does. He just thinks he's like full of it. He you does know? this like muscle show going to seven. <laughs> like, and he's like, they're like five six, two hundred and forty pounds. They're like, this can't be right. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. looks like a little boy compared to all the others. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Look, Kelvin, I don't care what you do with your muscle muscle boys. They're muscle men, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah this theme in a lot of his performances with the uh, muscles. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, so. Yeah, so looking forward to, you know, Halo's coming out, and then yeah. I, I've kind of been starting to look into and read more about Under the Banner of Heaven. Yeah. Which is about uh, 
like the I think it was Latter Day Saint, the Mormons, you know, oh, like yeah. some murders back in the eighties or something like that. I saw sixty minutes about that same division of like, yeah, religious cult out there and how they were like zealots and all this stuff, crazy stuff. So really looking forward to that because it's got Andrew Garfield in it from um, uh, the Social Network and Spider Man and all of that stuff. So, nice. Well, yeah. I'm down. I need to do some. Re- when does that come out? I think it's in May. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's something to look out for. But I'll, April and May is going to be rough well, TV it's, watching. It's going to be stacked. Yeah. So there, as we talk about before, so many good shows coming out. April or uh, Barry second season of Ozark or second half oh, of Ozark. Yeah. Stranger Things I think comes out in yep. May. Uh, the Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, there. I mean. The offer. Few, yeah. The offer. I mean, there's so many, so much good stuff coming out, but. Yeah, well, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we will talk about Severance. Who are you? Uh, Who are you? uh, Oh, shit. I forgot the preamble. Let me start over. Hi there. You on the table. I wonder if you'd mind taking a brief survey. Five questions. I know you're sleepy, but I would bet it would make you feel right as rain. Who are you? That is the first question. Who are you? (laughs) What? Uh, 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 That's the question? It's okay if you don't know. You can say unknown. I, I, I don't. I don't know. That's okay. Unknown. Shall we continue to question two? What What is this? Question two? What state or territory were you born in? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Unknown. Can you name any state or territory? I don't fucking know. Delaware? Delaware. Okay. Question four. What is Mr. Egan's favorite breakfast? That question doesn't even make sense. Okay. Unknown. Question five. What color is or were your mother's eyes? What? What? What is it? I, I, I don't know. Unknown. Let me out. That's a perfect score. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That, folks, is the intro, preamble, orientation, first episode of Severance. I know you may feel a little disoriented. That's okay, because you're at an orientation. <laughs> hey, Mark. Chunk. <laughs> Hit. Fell on a, uh, a slide projector and uh, hit your head. <laughs> Here's a gift card to Pips. <laughs> Dude, this show, Severance, is the show we're talking about, people. Okay. And we just did this preamble from episode one about an in, in orientation for a new employee. And the show is just absolutely bonkers of a mindfuck of a TV show. It's wild. Yeah. It's probably the best show I've seen this year. Best oh, show since Succession. Yeah. 
it's definitely best new show of the year 2022 hands down yeah after seeing the first episode i knew the show was going to be amazing it was unbelievable just the concept of them rolling it out and i kind of want to talk about the premise but yeah severance right it's on apple tv plus it premiered on february 18th and it's every friday and there's nine episodes and we're six episodes in and the premise of the show is mark leads a team of office workers whose memories have been surgically divided between their work and their personal lives. When a mysterious colleague appears outside of work, it begins a journey to discover the truth about their jobs. Mark is played by Adam Scott, who you and I both loved in Parks and Rec, right? For sure, for sure. And that's the whole crazy premise of the show is that their whole life has been split between work life and personal life, and they don't know anything about their personal life when they're at work on the severed floor, right? Mm-hmm. It is absolutely crazy that this concept is just now playing out after COVID, after we've talked about work-life balance for how long, and somebody's came up with this concept of surgically, technologically splitting work-life and personal life. It's amazing. I mean, only, I mean, having been in the workforce for 22 years now, only in the past maybe... I don't know, 10 years has work-life balance become a huge topic as, you know, younger people, millennials have come into the workforce and kind of demanded from companies. They want to have that balance and not just be, you know, um, embedded to the company. Yeah. And if they are, they want to have that balance to be able to work from different places and, you know, have that balance. And I think, I mean, the concept of the show you mentioned, it just takes it to a whole different level for a medical procedure to make that happen. And I think, I mean, that just offhand is a huge, interesting topic is even, you know, has me thinking what I even would, you know, what I do something like that, or even not even at that level, but, if there's some way today was a wild day at work and we're here talking about it and on the way here to can we kick a podcast studios i'm thinking about all the stuff for work today and all the stuff i'm gonna have to do tomorrow mm-hmm. so because we're not professional podcasters yet I'm, I'm claiming it. We're professional. I'm yeah, we I'm are. Claiming it right we off we are. I mean, we are. <laughs> we are on like multiple podcast networks. Oh yeah. Uh, but we we do have some day jobs that we we have. But I'm like, oh, it'd be nice if there was a gap in my memory where I don't think about that until 7:30 the next day. So you walk in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other part is though. The people you meet, the interactions with other humans, the friendships, you know, Mike and I met at work and now we do podcasts together. You know, we hang out, you know, outside of work. So you lose that. So, I mean, there's a lot of trade-offs of, you know, in theory of having, if this procedure was available, Yeah. but it's a whole concept of bifurcating your memories and... I mean, there's people in the real world that have split multiple personalities <laughs> yeah. and that don't want to have that yeah. because they it they can't remember what the other personality does or they don't know when that one personality is not in control. Yep. So there's a lot of ethical, moral things around it, but as a concept, be 
fantastic if I could just flip a switch and yeah. forget everything bad that happened at work yep. and then I could flip it on tomorrow and automatically go into panic mode. Yeah. You know? So. And, and that's a crazy thing for those who haven't watched the show, go out, watch a trailer, stop, you know, the podcast now, go watch it and come back and listen to what we're about to talk about. But the, the whole concept is, is that when you arrive to work, you, they get in this elevator, they go down to the basement floor of this building and en route to the basement floor in the elevator, their mind flickers and they change into work mode and they remember nothing from the outside world and they immediately are in work mode where they only remember what happened the last day at work. They don't even remember going home. So the second they step off the elevator, it's like not even a new day has started. Yeah. They're just back at work. Yeah, for them. They just have never left. Yeah. yeah. It's great. They go out, and that's what, when we uh, we were re-watching episode one last night, and Heli, who's a new refiner with this core group, doesn't want to be there. She tries to leave and goes out the stairwell and then immediately comes back in every time. But that's the perception from her. Any, yeah. the, her severed person on the inside on the severed floor, because the last thing she remembers is being there. So when she comes back, it feels immediate, which it's, is, that's a trippy scene. It's, and I imagine that's, I'm guessing it hasn't explored that perspective, but from the Audi, Mm-hmm. When he goes in, it feels like he immediately comes back out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, when they come out. So we don't get that perspective so far in the show, but no. that's, we just, so the innies always feel like they're trapped, but the outies, <laughs> like, must feel like they're in a nighttime loop, you know, yeah. as well. They don't talk about that aspect of it. But it's crazy. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, it's, it's a good show. Um, you know, Ben Stiller, right? has directed a couple of the episodes and, you know, was one of the producers who got the show off the ground and it was created by a guy named Dan Erickson. And I looked at his IMDb. It's like his only credit. Yeah. And it's crazy how this is just, they've been working on it for years to try to get off the ground, but Ben Stiller known for comedy and, you know, just all the funny movies that he's done. And now he puts out this like serious, almost dark comedy of a work, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a sitcom, but it's just this workplace, sci-fi thriller of a horror show <laughs> yeah and it, it no it's a it's a it's all of that it's a comedy it's a sci-fi thriller it's a mind fuck it's a horror movie that's kind of where it's everything thrown into one which makes it so intriguing yeah you know succession we always talk about it's a serial drama but that comes across as a comedy yeah but it's you know severance every it's intended all of encompass of everything it's kind of it kind of reminds me of westworld where yes you have this utopia of oh my gosh science has created this amazing thing and it's it's working in perfect balance and it's great for so many people and yet we all know the maze is not meant for you. It's going to hit, shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. The maze is not meant for everyone, right? So, like, oh, that's great. They figured out how to separate work-life balance and, you know, you have perfect workers and all of this stuff. Except we know that nothing is ever perfect, right? Yeah. This world, Jurassic Park, nature wh- can never be contained. Yeah, it was, uh, there's a Jeff Goldblum code in Jurassic Park about <laughs> nature or something. I forget <laughs> offhand. I wish I remember, but... Oh, no. Oh, what is it? Uh... <laughs> Life, life finds a way. Yeah. Is that Richard Attenborough uh, said that? Uh, uh, finds a way. Or yeah. 
when it... it's it's yeah it's jeff goldblum as ian malcolm yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. life finds a way like yeah and that's what you know westworld if you haven't seen it go watch on hbo max it's basically it's a lot of the same vein except for those are basically and we don't know exactly you know westworld they're basically not real humans or artificial intelligence yeah, and human 100%. body with a yeah. with a metal ball that they sit in a case where their brain is and but when i mentioned the maze and that they're trying to get to you know fully being uh um sentient yeah so yeah and this is kind of like the any is like a baby yep and throughout the, all these scenes as we'll talk about here you know, there's a, the question will be, are they building a maze for them to figure these out and become as free as they are on the outside? Or are they trying to prevent that Yep. and just have them as worker right. bees, non, you know, not with outside worries and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, I mean, but Westworld is probably the close. Westworld and Mr. Robot for me are kind of like comparable things with split personality type activities for Mr. Robot and then Westworld with the quest for the uh, the AI um, sentience, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's Westworld analogy was really good. Yeah, but it, it's a great show, you know, with Adam Scott in it as as I guess the protagonist, right? And then you've got him backed up with John Turturro, who's freaking amazing in this. And then you've got um, Zach Cherry, who, I don't know if you know, is in an episode of Succession. Yes. I'd love to see him come back in Succession, but hilarious in this. He's Roman's friend in the management training. (laughs) They come up with, like, the best idea. and Zach Cherry's great. All Dylan stuff, I was, uh, his character's name is Dylan. Yeah. And I was just writing notes on every one of like in the rewatches for the podcast and everything that he does, especially they come into conflict with another department called O and D and like <laughs> he does the greatest line. Christopher Walken plays a guy named Bert, who's yep. the head of a different department than so that uh, Adam Scott's department is called macro data refining and the head of, uh, o and D operation and design is Christopher Walken's character Bert, and Bert goes into the macro, the macro refining da- data refining area, and goes in, and Dylan goes, "How the wet fuck did you find us? <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. you better re- show us how you got here, retrace all your steps." And he's holding a stapler, yeah, like, he's got, and it's like ready for like yeah, staple mode. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, when he says, "How the wet fuck," I'm like, "This is <laughs> yeah. it's just he." Goes I, from, had, I had directions from uh, when uh, John used to come over here in the past. Oh, really? Draw them in reverse right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> he goes from zero to 60, like... Like, so fast. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that other thing you were telling me the last night, and he's like, I feel that was pointed at me. Or like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Mark yeah. S. is telling him something, and it was just... Zach Cherry does a great job. Oh, yeah. And all the acting is superb. I mean... Oh, yeah. Even Patricia Arquette, yeah. who brings this very nurse cratchit like yeah freaky one flew over the cuckoo's nest vibe where she's just overseeing all and she is just 
to me, she just comes off as cruel yeah. in everything she does in the show. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, she is over everybody in the office on the on the severed floor, you know, over O and D and and so it's gonna be super interesting to see what her character gets into. But Yeah, and you have you have like you know, we're talking about the premise and kind of the first episode it lays out. Yeah. You have a guy named Petey who was part of the macro uh, was the department head of the macro data refining where Adam Scott's character, Mark S, Zach Cherry's character, Dylan, and John Turturro's character, Irving, work. So with Petey gone, they bring in a new person uh, named Helly R, who the when Mike and I did the preamble um, reenactment at the beginning, it's her waking up on the conference table and getting oriented and acclimated. But she doesn't want to be there. Um, and Mark is now new in this department role, trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, so, you know, they have their... It really it focuses on their department and, you know, as the first six episodes expands and you start to meet different departments um you know in the show but that's where christopher walken's character comes in uh but yeah i mean the acting the main core and patricia arquette is basically their boss miss corbell uh harmony yep um and then milichick uh who's mr milichick is like kind of like their babysitter enforcer yeah, yeah. um Take picture taker, almost good cop, but and, yeah, and, good cop. and Patricia gets bad cop until but, you get to the break room, yeah, and then uh, he becomes uh, scary. Which he looks, cop. yeah. We'll talk about the break Oof. room, which he just looks reluctant to be in anyway. Yeah, but and the, and then Mister Grainer, which is like the Men in Black enforcer, <gasps> yeah, uh, for when stuff gets out of hand, yeah. So, um, you know, those are kind of the main characters through the first part, at least on the inside. Um, all while the Audi Mark is going through, you know, a lot of different things through the first um, six episodes. So it's a good you. You really only see so far, you know, Adam Scott's character Mark's Audi view, and Corbell, who's actually Mark's neighbor. Yeah. Um, we got some theories on on some stuff with that, but. It's it's kind of though to the point of view POV of uh of Adam Scott's character Mark mm-hmm. Mark S Mark yep. Scout on the outside, um yeah so really really good show a lot of questions yeah a lot of questions and you know I think we can talk about you know the direction that the show has gone you know just from the opening of episode one all the way through where we ended with episode six. You know, the show opens with Helly, right, who we come to find out is Helly, and Mark is the one asking her these, you know, survey questions to find out what she remembers about her outside self. Uh, and I think it's interesting because she wakes up on a conference table. And I was like, and then Mark said he woke up on the same conference table, yeah. right, when he would, after she passed the survey, which was the preamble and the survey questions that we did at the beginning of this, why did she wake up on a conference table? <laughs> yeah, and... And also, just going back, yeah. you know, Mark Mark S. mentions he's only been in the role for two years. Mm-hmm. And Petey left, and there was someone, was it Carol, they mentioned. Yeah, Carol Lee, yeah. Left before Petey. So how often do these people turn over mm-hmm. where, you know, and how many people have woken up on that conference table? Yeah. You know, to, to start, 
And it sounds like even, you know, as like tempered as Mark S is and now like is a company man, like you'll get used to it. You know, you'll get, yeah. he's, he's, Helly's freaking out through the first few episodes and she's trying to do everything to leave. Um, she can't leave. And her Audi keeps making her stay in. Um, and it sounds like Mark went through that same thing. And I imagine everybody does. Cause it's like, they wake up basically with the blank slate as a, a blank mind basically. Yep. I mean, obviously they have neurological pathways. They can walk, they can talk, they can do, but their memories are severed. So they have to make new memories, you know, yeah. new, new personal memories. Yeah. yeah. And they know how to do the work for the most part, right? And they learn how to look for the certain data that they're looking for. But I mean, they can remember, you know, this, you know, states' names because you said Delaware, right, in the survey. But it's interesting how they how they bifurcated right their memories. Yeah. And then I love how she right wakes up and she's like questioning the whole thing and she's like, wait. Am I in hell? Yeah. (laughs) She feels like she's trapped in this this never ending purgatory loop of just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's that's what it because they really don't leave because as soon as they leave, they come back basically because they don't have any memory of the outside. So they're any. So it it feels like, especially to Helly at first, that she's in hell or she's trapped and they keep offering her like, well, all you have to do is say you want to leave. Yeah. Three times. Three times. We'll let you leave. And then she keeps coming back. And then. They're like, oh, you can put in your res- resignation request yeah. and puts it in and her Audi is like denied. Yep. You know, you need to stay in there. And then they keep showing video of herself on the outside telling her, you know, sorry, you got to stay. You're the any. Yeah. I'm the one making all the decisions. Yeah. And it leads to some wild decisions on Helly's part, oh, which yeah. are almost like heartbreaking and disturbing and it kind of kills her spirit a little bit at Definitely. some point yeah. but like we can talk about some of those scenes um as well but it's basically you know they work for this company lumen industries yep. which no one really knows what they do when they go to an outside dinner party well <laughs> no, no dinner dinner party no dinner dinner which <laughs> Blanca said she thought that was a cool concept, and I said, please kill me. I think uh, that's called a quote-unquote hangout. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's instead of, like, just a chill hang, it's a structured hang, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I thought, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, one person at the no dinner dinners, like, I thought they made, I thought it was technology. Oh, I thought they did medicine. I thought they did topical swab. Sass. Sass. Yeah. yeah. You know, so... No one really knows what they do. They're pretty apparently secretive company that kind of runs this one town in upstate New York. Huge conglomerate. Yeah. yeah. That is, I'm betting global to some degree, right? And nobody yeah. just knows what they do at all. But, um, no, it could be like one of those companies. I mean, they, excuse me, there's companies all over the world that have their hands in multiple things. Yeah. And then people go, oh, I didn't know that was a, this product you right. know, or this product or they did this or, you know, you have like, 
company that makes like shoe soles and then makes toothpaste yeah. and then it makes whatever. So, right. I mean, they're, but they're, as we see, they have a stranglehold on this town. Yeah. And the town in some way, not everybody severed that works there as no. far as we know. Yeah. Um, as far as we know, because oh, yeah. we've never met, you know, when they're at these dinner parties, none of them work at Lumen. Mm-mm. Other people they interacted aren't Lumen employees. I don't think anybody that no dinner dinner actually works. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> just but, my just my take. Are they? Could they be Lumen employees? Like that doesn't say what any of them do. They could all be severed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As the whole town. Ooh, crazy theory. I'm going to throw it. I know it's early yeah. on. Everybody in the world is severed, and now it's an experiment to put these people in this basement, and they're unsevered and they're looking at how free will works yeah it's a study crazy yeah crazy no but i yeah i think that's part of the whole thing is yeah in kind of jumping ahead here but is this whole thing in the severed floor a experiment of free will mm-hmm. of of choice versus you know with a little bit of information what paths they're choosing yeah and there's a lot of things that are get introduced to these people in the server floor that makes them question the nature. Do you ever question the nature of reality, Dolores from <laughs> right, fucking yeah. Westworld? Westworld? Like dude, yeah. it's really, these people start to question the nature of the reality. Yep. And that's where it gets really interesting. I think. Yeah. I think that's the cool part about the show. Cause I did some research and we'll get into episode one and how the show has progressed. Right. But the show from what I read is based off of three things. Mainly one, the Truman Show, which yeah. was the Jim Carrey movie about a guy living a TV yep. show, right? And he didn't know it. Correct. The other was called The Stanley Parable, which was a first-person video game that takes a character through an office building yeah. led by a narrator that's abandoned, and his choices change the narration. Oh, wow. is that a real game? Yeah, it's a real game, yeah. And then the the uh, the third thing that it's based off is, is called The Backrooms, which is like this folklore, internet meme, weird thing that I didn't fully understand, but... It's about an endless maze of randomly generated office rooms where the building or offices basically become as randomly generated as like villains or like take on like an enemy state. Yeah. And you're just trying to escape and yet the building continues to go on and on and on. Oh. So that's like the three things the show is based off of, right? And what about Q? QAnon. Oh yeah, I think that's a lot. Of- <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, I think that's. Uh, I think that definitely took up like twenty percent of the show. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's great. That's good research. I I want to check out the Stanley Parable. Yeah. But it's, you know, there's a scene in Mr. Robot where it's kind of the same thing. They're going down this hallway and they have to make a choice, like on a video game that yeah. determines if this door open. Like, do you want to open this door? And it's like, but that's all in his head. Yeah. So like, is this? He's making. You know, Mr. Robot making choices based on what his alternate personality is seeing as real life, which he's playing a video game to open this door. Yeah. But that's where it's like, as we see in was episode five, they go for a mental health walk. Yeah. Mark and Helly, and they find all this stuff. Like the halls are never ending. And I love how like. Because it's a, you know, we theorize it's a show about free will and yeah. how far a person is willing to go through exploration and push through fears, right? And they're walking down these halls and they're all 
dark. Yeah. Except for the light above them that just keeps moving. It just right? keeps moving with them. And it's then they fascinating. Like, run into the weirdest stuff. But I think it's interesting how the show opens in, in episode one with he's working at this company. He's severed. And then, you know, we, we get introduced to him take, becoming the, the leader of the macro yeah. data refinement department. And then the introduction of Heli as the new replacement. And I love when she sits down at her desk finally. And, like, she looks over and John Turturro's looking at her. She's like, hi. And yeah. he's like, hello. Yeah. And then he just goes back to work. I thought that was – I couldn't stop laughing. It was just the yeah. driest thing ever. But um, uh, just in the – just the early thing, he's like, yeah. hi, kids. What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Like, his greeting everywhere that they hate. Yeah. And, like, they tell him, like, they hate it. And he's just, like, still does it every morning. Yeah. And – but he just loves it. And – yeah, I don't. It's just the internet, and they like they move the cubicle down oh, yeah. and up and down. You know, there's just in this four cube work area in the middle of the room. In the middle of this big room, yeah, I love those cubicles where they just slide the walls up yeah. and down, and they can say something and then yeah. slide it back up. But even uh, the camera work in some of those scenes where yeah. they don't slide it, and you just see like Zach Cherry's face from someone's perspective through yeah. the cracks in the cubicle. Yeah, yeah, and. It's yeah, just, the center of the cubicles yeah. are open, so you yeah. can like look across. Yeah, it's well, it's just well done. I love the '70s aesthetic yeah. and the the severed floor. Everything outside is like 2022 20, modern. Yeah, yeah. Inside, everything is like '70s aesthetic. Even like, I would say the style of dress for work. Yeah. I mean, Milicek and like black slacks, white short sleeve shirt, and a black tie. And maybe 60s, 70s, even their suits are, you know, just kind of very old school, plain. Helly's dress, or the way she dresses, maybe a little more modern, but the muted, co- like yeah. the different colors. It just, and then, I mean, the office furniture, the computers are old school, retro. Yeah. You know, the, the attire is all very conservative, right? There's yeah. no revealing anything. It's all very 70s, retro style stuff. But it's interesting how they all have, like, come to accept their <laughs> severed states right yeah as we see heli just struggles with it time yeah. and time again and we know that they've been there at least two all years two years plus because yeah. mark was the newest one two years and yeah. irving and then i think zach cherry dylan and then irving you know irving's been there the longest because they mentioned dylan's irving's i can't help it if i was here before you or something i can't help it that i was hired older than yeah, you. hired older than you yeah, yeah yeah just the way that they talk is like crazy too. yeah um but we find i mean we you know we we walk through the basic what happens on the inside yep. um you know and if you see them working down there you really don't know what they're they're basic things and is they sit on the computer, they look at these random numbers on the screen, they have to find scary numbers, as they put it, yeah, and crop them into different buckets or folders, um, which you really don't know until we did a lot of research and found out what's how some of the numbers and some of the abbreviations and some of the folders mean. But they basically scroll through a Rolodex into these folders, and they're trying to close the file. Yeah. And they're basically, I don't know how they, I was saying cropping it, but they basically fence these numbers yeah. and then drag them down into this box. and Buckets or bucket, whatever they yeah. call it, yeah. And it's like, 
you know, they have all these theories internally of what they're doing because no one knows what they're they don't know what they're doing they just know that they these scary numbers or these you know these numbers that represent something they show themselves to them and they they fence them off and elicit some sort of emotional response right basically you find out there are four tempers of yeah of emotions it's woe yep um malice uh I don't know why I'm blanking right now. All right, let me check my notes. Uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Woe, frolic, dread, and malice. Yep, yep. And if you break down some of the screenshots, when they're dragging the numbers into these buckets, there is abbreviation like WO for woe, FC for frolic, uh, DR for dread and MA for malice, which we just discovered like today. Yeah. Like it's mind boggling. I've watched the each episode like two or three times and, but they're dragging this, but they don't know what's going on or why they're doing it. But we see that in like freeze frames of when they drag it down, which they relate to these four tempers of Kier, which yeah. we'll go into a little bit about Kier, the, who started the lumen company there's that, so much lore that's so much lore there's even book now that just yeah. came out on apple books there's some background on some stuff so but anyway going back you know some of the theories dylan who is one of the refiners his theory that they're cleaning the sea yeah. and basically delves into this theory that they're in there because their Audis want to escape. The world is such a shit place. Climate change is taking over. Climate change is yeah. taking over, and they have to go to the sea to yeah. live. <laughs> so they're cleaning the sea. They're basically pinpointing where eels and shit live so they can send bombs to blow up the eels to clean the sea for the humans <laughs> yeah. to live. Like, this is his any theory, but his any has no memories or bounds to tell him that that is ludicrous yeah yeah Yeah. and so that's what's so cool and then of course irving the older gentleman john turturro he thinks they're clearing swear swear words out of movies yeah you know like that's just they it's random they don't know what they're doing and and, and i want to talk about because it's interesting how they each have their own different perspective but i want to talk about before uh, we we talk about the outside world versus the inside world of the show right they, each each of these characters, right, is broken into like a type of worker. Yeah. Right. Dylan is like the worker. Yeah. Right. He's the only one you ever see really do any work. Yeah. He's the one who's in it for the incentives. Yeah. Right? They get incentives for more of the spreadsheets that they cleanse, right, or, or yeah. whatever they call it. And they call it spreadsheets, and it's like numbers floating on the yeah, screen. It's super but, yeah. Super weird. Yeah. Um, he's the he's after the incentives, right? Yeah. And Finger you, traps, yeah. Waffle parties, erasers, but they don't have any pencils in the office. Yeah. It's just about what they represent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you got Irving, who's this older guy, right? And he's like the true believer. He believes yeah. in Kier, and he believes in the religion, basically that this whole company is, yeah. and the the nine principle, nine core principles of Lumen. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Heli, who's a, a rebel, basically. Yeah. And then you've got Mark, who is the, like, I had a hard time categorizing I, him. I think he's the prodigy. Yeah. Because even though they make, like, Heli, they talk Heli, like, oh, we're so glad you're here. Yeah. We've been waiting for you. Like, you, you're yeah, going to do great things. Yeah, they talked big time, yeah. But, like, Mark, they're like, well, 
they say something. I think Zach uh, Dylan says like, you know, the, it usually takes whatever this long to close a file, except for like Mark's like perfect. He his, says his his, his uh, freshman. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. He, he had like this freshman fluke kind yeah, of thing. Freshman said, fluke, yeah, freshman fluke. Yeah, yeah. He just like ripped through all these spreadsheets. Yeah, and so he did something yeah. like that, kind of put him ahead of everybody, like that, where he was kind of department chief, you know, after PD left. But yeah, he had some kind of like, you know, like Kobe eighty point game yeah. that he cleared all these files like faster than anybody. Yep. But then he's kind of settled into like you know, probably the most vapid and least interesting one of all, like, from well, at least in the beginning, he starts to open up as he, he learns some things, but, um, definitely Dylan, who's the best worker has the best, I guess more active personality than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. But I, I think it's funny how the show delves in, in between their inside world where they just know nothing but work and then yeah. the outside world when Mark goes to this no dinner dinner <laughs> and the people at this dinner are just completely full of shit. Yeah. Like they have no real life experience and it's just all what they've read. Like, did you know that World War One? was called the great war because it would have been a faux pas to call it world war one back then and he's like yeah that was because world war two, two hadn't, hadn't happened, happened yet yeah. and they're like oh my god and yeah. it's just like are these are these people insane <laughs> is, is there a gas leak in this house because this is ridiculous the kind of stuff that they're rattling off yeah and but it's i don't know this it's people that you know sometimes you go to these dinner parties or with different sets of friends and people are just very pretentious or they have to know everything. And then there's people like you or I that like, are like Mark in this situation. Like, (laughs) yeah, dumbass. They call it world war one now because the second one happened, you know, like the, the war we're about to experience now, world war three, what, you know, is world war three because we already had two of them, (laughs) you know, like it's it's not that complicated. Chronological people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, yeah, every, you know, it, it, you get the kind of know-it-alls and especially at dinner parties, everybody's trying to impress. Um, but in you, the, in the no dinner dinner party, you also get to meet Mark's sister yep. who's pregnant and her fiance or husband, Rickon. Rickon. Rickon is, is wildly interesting. Carrie. Uh, I just character. want you to know, Chuck, I stand behind you. <laughs> Without reservation. Yeah. Even if it's morally, ethically, <laughs> scientifically, uh, scientifically, controversially, you know, he goes on, he's like, but I stand behind you. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so that's the thing about the show, right? Is they've made severed, the severed procedure where they've split people's psyches, basically, as this really super controversial surgery that companies have started to quote unquote voluntarily allow people to yeah. do. And a lot of people see it as forced labor, yeah. right? As creating the slave labor. So the show's kind of made it all a you know, very controversial. And Mark is the only one in his immediate friend group family yeah. who's done it. And we don't meet anybody outside of his world except for when Petey stumbles along, right? Who is his yeah. former boss and how Petey and, and so they've told us that severance is irreversible. And then Petey, his old boss who left, comes along and tells him that it is reversible. 
Yeah. And throws the whole show for a loop at the end of the first episode, right? Yeah. They then the first episode after the no dinner dinner, Mark is at his sister's house and he awakens to see a businessman. There was a businessman outside your house last night. <laughs> they he's that kind and, of humor is great. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, it's fant- it's dry humor. It's the best humor. Yeah. And it ends up being Petey, and Petey actually finds him at Pips, and he's, like, talking. And he's like, I know you on the inside. And he's like, hi, kids. What's for dinner? And yeah. but, like, we get it, but he doesn't know because he doesn't know what happens on the inside. Yeah. But Petey, you know, and Petey, who's kind of helps Mark – question the nature of his reality on the outside you know he is reintegrated we find out and and basically you find out during heli's severance procedure they put a little like pill-sized chip in your brain that performs the bifurcation and when PD, you know, he, he's getting what he calls reintegration sickness yep. that he's been integrated. No, he's having memories on the inside and outside, and it's trying to melt together because in a normal person, they wouldn't be in two separate streams. It's just one thing that's happening. Yeah. So it's trying, his mind can't take it, and he ended up dying in episode two, or I think it's two or three. Um, not spoiling much but um you know the he's like the first person supposedly that's been reintegrated and they confirm that it you know miss corbell and grainer confirm like that it was and yeah and miss corbell who's on the outside miss selvig who's mark's neighbor mark's neighbor weird is at the funeral while while Petey and his daughter on video or singing enter Sandman by fucking Metallica. And she's in the back room drilling into his head to receive the, <laughs> yeah. the severance in the viewing kill. room while they're in having the, the memorial. Yeah. It's amazing. It's Which just crazy. How this, the procedure to put in the implant, like they cut the scalp and then they drill into the skull and they put it in there. Right. I love how that they did that. She recorded the video. Helly did. Yeah. She had the procedure. And then two hours later, she wakes up on the table. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, my head doesn't hurt. So. Yeah. Like, they literally drilled into your skull and shoved, like, a pill-sized, like, implant in your yeah, brain. Yeah, and you see them on the x-ray yeah. thing. Is it going down, like. Yeah, like, behind your, yeah. like, yeah, like, your nose. Yeah, basically, all the way into your brain. Yeah. And there's, like, no recovery time. So, yeah. I'm just assuming that Lumen is very creative at medical salves, that they yeah. put it on there and you they feel like that. They put a little salve on the, yeah. the, the entry point. <laughs> yeah. But then when she's getting out, the thing, she's drilling, like, into the side of the Into the, the side of his temple, yeah. And it's interesting, like, that she knows where it's at and can yeah. go in and just with a drill, drill yeah. in and pull it out. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, and you find out. In the first episode, that Miss Corbell, who's Mark's boss down there, is his neighbor as Miss Selvig, and real life, and it kind of brings to the question of: Do the other characters have somebody down in mm-hmm. the basement floor living next to them? Yeah. Because we do see scenes later on where we learn that the severance procedure doesn't just affect on the severed floor. Yeah. They wake up Dylan at home in his closet. 
by turning on the set and now could they all my question is are they all living in the same neighborhood mark s is in oh that's a good point. where it's just like sparsely populated yeah. company housing right that they don't know each other so they haven't shown any interaction like if anybody else lives in that neighborhood yep but my i would imagine that that irving and dylan live in that neighborhood too and maybe you know miss Selvig goes next to mark grainer lives next to uh irving milichek lives next to dylan because we see him at milichek's house yep and it seems like dylan knows him yeah because when he gets unsevered and wakes up and Milicek hands him back his son, he's like, So are we done we're done here? And then like like it was not like, Oh my god, who's this? Yeah, or whatever. Like, There's so, a strange guy in my closet with me. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he knew him. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that they are not just severed on the floor. They're they, they can be unsevered and severed anywhere in the world. And I think we saw that with you know, Mark's sister was pregnant and she gives birth at some point yeah. in the show. And then she meets another woman who's at this <laughs> pregnancy retreat, yeah. right? Because her, his brother-in-law, whatever Rick it is, is this extra person who yeah. really believes in a lot of crazy stuff, like hanging kelp during a pregnancy. Yeah. And-, and the baby needs to hear, like, a secret to help it come out. So he's like, Mark, quick, tell a secret. Yeah. He's like, fine, I'll tell it. Like, you know, it, yeah, Rick and his little extra, like, they've got a med, med, medulla or a, yeah, doula. a yeah. doula. Yeah. Um, you know, giving birth in these cottages and, um, oh, and they, and when Mark stays over in the first episode and there's three beds in the baby's room, a crib, a race car bed, and a full size bed. And of course, Rickon says, oh, well, we only have sheets for the twin. I haven't finished making the sheets for the full size yet. And yeah, you're make- like, making? <laughs> yeah. But is he, he's like, uh, don't you enjoy the pajamas? They were like hand loomed uh, by Guatemalan lady or something. Like, I don't know what it was. It was just they like. They were hand woven on a loom in Guatemala. Yeah, yeah. there was like. <laughs> It's just, it, yeah, he's a little. Yeah, and then the extra. three beds was because he they believed that ripping a child from one bed and and taking that bed out and then putting him into another yeah. will traumatize the child. Yeah. So it's just like, what is this guy reading? Like. Yeah, and as we find out, Rickon is an author. Oh yeah. And he has his fifth book that he tries to give to Mark, uh, outside Mark, and he like basically. Is upset that Mark doesn't acknowledge it, but we later find out that Mark never received the book that Rickon gives yep. him because Miss Selvig, who's his neighbor, went and took it off the front porch, and that book makes it down into the severed floor yeah. because she brings it to show what Grainer or Milicek. Yeah, Milicek. Yeah, and that book then becomes crucial to the innies, why uh, the macro data refiners. So like. From the out outside, you start. Re- Mark ends up fi- Irving ends up finding this book, and so like we're skipping around, we're skipping over stuff, but we could literally talk for oh, hours, hours. Like this on could be a four-hour podcast yeah. episode. Hands so down. we we've got to kind of head towards the finish line at some point yeah, to recap. Bit. Yeah, but basically, they find this book that Rick and said is like. Be- becoming the you what what's the name the you you are the you you are yeah and milicek accidentally leaves it in the conference room or purposely leaves it in the conference yeah. room we don't know irving finds it and of course irving is the you know straight as an arrow true believer well, yeah 
true believer, straight as an arrow yeah. in one way. Yeah. In another way, interesting theory much. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he gives the book to his department chief, Mark S. Mark S. doesn't give it to his boss, Kobo, or Grainer, or Milicek. He starts reading it. And boy, is it wild. Oh, my gosh. The book says, like, there's some things where he mentions, like, literature. He didn't fail at literature. Literature failed. Uh, yeah him he had to change literature for the best like <laughs> yeah. he he is very self-absorbed in his importance and i gave up one summer my salary and went and lived with the people in tibet to live a poor life and it's like what this guy is smoking something and then his other quote that i loved and couldn't stop laughing at was camaraderie is derived <laughs> from the latin word camera yeah, some other good things. That's a great one, yeah. And the other things from the book I had written down here, there's one he says, uh, machines are not like humans because they're made of metal, not of skin. You know, like, he just <laughs> very, and then a, a good person will follow the rules. A great person will follow themselves. Yeah. And then uh, they cannot crucify you if your hand is in a fist. <laughs> Where he's talking about rising up the, against the system. He's basically saying it's either you or the system. Yeah. And which to to the macro data for refiners and the the innies in the severed floor, they are they're learning. So they're this is new to them. So Mark Mark is eating this stuff up and starting to question the nature of his reality. Yeah. And you know, it leads to fostering further interactions. We didn't talk too much about all the interactions, but with macro data refining team interacting more with the OND team, yep. getting in trouble because they keep going down to OND and they discover OND was supposed to be a two person apartment, but there's yep. like 10, 15 <laughs> people in there. Um, they, and they all start. And basically it's this, each side is being fed that the other one has started a coup and killed a bunch yeah. of people. And it's like it's all this dis disinformation to keep everybody it, separated. And it's and it, fear. That's the thing. It goes back to the, you know, using fear and terror of keeping them separate. And it's yeah. like, Oh, Oh, indeed they're going to kill us. They keep them separate. And is it, are they keeping them separate? Because once they get together and they start talking to each other, then they form these alliances and then all these departments start coming together. And then, then they start going against what the, they start to question what the company's doing, what they're doing down there. They want to know, they want to be better taken care of. They want to, you know, it's kind of that free will and, you know, betterment and, and like, you know, what people strive for. They start to, like, oh, wow, I can be friends with this person. Yeah. You know, Irving meets Bert early on, the head of O&D. They share a love for art. They uh, uh, so, Another sophisticant. As, yeah, uh, another sophisticant. Yeah, as uh, Christopher Walken goes. Yeah. yeah. And then they end up, like... Having a moment. Having a moment. Their hands touch. And, you know, they both... They, they basically are falling in love, which... Irving can't handle because it's against the Kier philosophy to yeah. fraternize in that way. But you, I mean, I'm sitting there going like, I want them to like 
kid like you yeah. feel their like connection and love oh it's, it's very powerful. interesting yeah. yeah and but it's it's the whole thing of the work-life balance is and the severance is to separate the human emotion out of the equation yep because there's no emotion the only one that really shows close to any emotion is dylan but it's for but it's because he wants the he he's incentivized by the yeah. incentives yeah he doesn't know that a finger trap is a shit device. Yes. He knows like, Oh, if I do good, I get this, like the Pavlov's dog, I ring a bell and yeah. I get a treat or exactly. what, you know, it's for him, his incentive. Everybody has their motivation, but there's no emotion behind that motivation. It's their like deterministic motivation for yeah. what they're doing. And so now you introduce other human interactions and they get to know and people get shared, um, hobbies and shared likes and so that's they're trying to to drive a wedge to keep that from happening, and so I think um, you know as we see like as they're still dealing, there's a really you know as Helly through the first three four episodes still trying to get find her way out of there. Yeah, and she finally figures out. I'm going to kill myself. Oh, she threatens to cut her fingers off. Threatens to cut her fingers off first. Yeah, she finds a paper cutter, yeah. right? Yeah. And she threatens to cut her fingers off to Miss Miss Corville. And they're like, okay, get her a camera. She's going to record something yeah. to her to herself. And then they let her walk out. And then she immediately comes right back in with another D- disc yeah. from her Audi. Yeah. And it's just like, holy and shit. And her Audi's like, I control you, ho. Yeah. Like, yeah. you try some shit, I'll make your life a living hell. Yeah. You cut my fingers and, off, I will make sure that you work in this office until we die. Yeah. yeah. And then, Howie's like, all right. Like, and that was, like, a super great scene. I mean, suicide. Woo! Like, yeah. things are not great. But, Howie's yeah. just walking in the hall, and she's got the rope, she gets trash can, she goes in the elevator. Oh, as soon as I saw that in her hand, I knew where she was Yeah. Going. Yeah. Hangs herself as the elevator's going up. You see her eyes, yeah. and she turns into her Audi, and she is just beside herself. Freaking out. Choking to death. Yeah. It's just the eyes and the acting is that is beautiful, just from the change of her starting to hang. And then when when the severance thing in the elevator happens, and she turns into Audi, it's like, holy shit. She's yeah. just... Her Audi's like, okay, maybe my Innie's going to win. <laughs> yeah. But then, like you know, she gets up to the... Top the security guard's not there for whatever reason. Yep. And then <laughs> you just see the camera, like the security yeah. camera, and she's like, Yeah, like she's flailing. like fluffing. Yeah. yeah. But then it goes back down, the elevator goes back down. I think it may be because Mark Mark is calling the elevator. Mark's calling the elevator. Yeah. And so he, you know, grabs her and then Grainer's running down the hall because I think he's seeing this as it's happening now. Um in the cameras they have everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And you know, so basically they have to then, you know, and when the Mark, they get in the elevator, Mark goes to the elevator. Yeah. And Grainer's goes, like pushing him. He's like, get yeah. out of here. Get out of here. And he goes back up. And then you see him. Then as soon as he comes back down the next day, as soon as it turns to any, the fear on his face, because he knows Instant. that yeah, for just, him, it just happened. Yeah. Helly and then Kobo and Milichick are down there. They're all hanging out in the lobby. Yeah. Or Grainer, one of them in there. Like, yeah. And she's in, she survives. She's in the hospital. And then, then they have to reintegrate her back, her any back into that situation. Yeah. And, but then, you know, she's kind of. <laughs> Mark, then, do, you, do you know what kind eyes are? <laughs> yeah. Mark, we need you to make kind eyes and help welcome Heli back. Yeah. And like just the acting to try to get the kind eyes are crazy. Yeah. But then, you know, you have the. 
the therapist that comes in to help Helly, you know, deal with her, any deal with what happened. And she's supposed to watch her at all times, but then they convince her to Mark will walk around and they go on this walk and, you know, they start, then they start to find other things. They find a guy feeding goats, baby goats, baby goats. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because remember, we hadn't really talked about the break room, but yeah. when they screw up, they have to go to this break room and they have to say this like apology. Yeah. And they, and they break it. them. Yeah, literally mentally break, break them, them mentally. Yeah. Right? It's the break room. Yeah. And they have to say it over and over again. And Heli, you know, screwed up once and wound up having to say this mantra like over a thousand times. Yeah. 1072. And she just, you just, the look on her face the next day yeah. when she comes out, she just looks like she's beat to shit. But yeah. It's crazy because when, she, when she's in there, and she comes out. She talks about somebody in the other room is like yelling or shouting yeah. or something. And then Dylan said, "Oh, you talking about the the baby crying? Yeah. And it's like the baby goat that yeah. they like run into or some shit. Yeah. Like so. Anyways, yeah. And so that, there's, <laughs> there's this guy feeding baby goats. Well, and that's what I was reading. Something like the guy screaming was that the guy he could hear talking or whatever was that Christopher Walken in the conference room talking when he's rehearsing to talk to Irv. Like, is it they're mentally breaking where they're hearing stuff or? Do they mess with them and have them hearing stuff that's going on down? Because the baby point. crying is like the baby goats, yeah. and the you kind of hear a guy muffled talking, and then Heli um, is in there Ooh. in the break room, but you don't know. Like what? It, it's it's the break room, right? So I'm wondering if it's like ultimate fears for them are being used subliminally. Uh, if I yeah. can say that right, like. Dylan has a kid, but he doesn't know that. As oh, his shit, yeah. And there's, like, a baby screaming in the other room. And, yeah. like, his, like, deep, deep subconscious is, like, freaking the fuck out. And maybe Helly's is, like, a man screaming at her or something. Yeah, like that. we just don't... kind of clicked in my mind. We don't know... We only know Mark's trauma of yeah. why he's there. Mark lost... Mark's wife died in a car wreck. Yep. And the way he wanted to deal with it is forget about it for eight hours a day. Yep. And it leads to him crying on the way to work where he looks hungover half the time because yeah. he's dealing with it emotionally yeah. yeah but we don't know why Helly is doing this yeah we, we don't, don't know why dylan's doing this why don't i irv and i'm i'm suspecting that irving is struggling with homosexuality I because totally his inner any is, is like basically him and christopher walking of connection that he's a very popular very uh you know we don't know what his outy is but it, I think it's something with that where, he, where he's either putting on a a face or living a secret life or yeah. something on the outside related to his, you know, sexual orientation that he can't mentally deal with. Definitely repressed know. or something yeah. like that because he's got, got these visions of like black goo yeah. just consuming his desk and workspace and all of this stuff, and it's like it's like he's like falling asleep and and yeah. and then has to go to the wellness center where we see it reading off these facts about his Audi and he's like, uh, she's like, please. Audi has won a trophy and been in the paper. (laughs) Your Audi is very skilled at kissing and lovemaking. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I mean, and he's like, yeah, he's like, like, oh, "Oh, that's minus 10 points. Yeah. Yeah. He's like points. And she's like, no more speaking. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, it's just, they set, um, so much up for, to try to deter them yeah. from, and, and then just kind of summarizing what they do is, you know, there's, I think the second episode, they're sitting around in a circle, tossing a ball around to yeah. talk about themselves. And it's like, it's very generic. 
There's no like it's very like, childish. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, you know, melon whatever. They're they're very. <laughs> it's very simple. I the like melon bar. Yeah, yeah. And then it, Mark says something. He's like, "Oh, you said that the other day." And yeah. then he's like, "Oh well, I wasn't supposed to take the picture out of the frame." And then, but I took the picture out of the frame against the handbook, and you know, but it's very. It's not like. Oh, I love to, you know, I love art. I love to paint. I love to play golf. I love to play golf. Like when I, you know, because the innies don't have those, you know, things, but they also don't want them to have those memories because they don't want them to get close or make friends. They're workers. They want to, you come into work and you have generic conversation and then you go home and your Audi does all the living, right? Yeah. And they have these like core principles and, and, He's what are nine. the 10 core principles well, again? I don't remember them all, but I know Irving's favorite of that day was cheer. Cheer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's interesting how they're they're broken down, right, because of the bifurcation and yeah. nothing. And then they're built, their whole, like, personality is built on these core beliefs of cure, right? Yeah. You started Lumen. And they go to this perpetuity wing, which is, like, the historical part yeah. of the company. And there's literally an entire replica of the house, which... It, I love how Mark like yeah. goes next to the bed and he like goes to stick his foot over and Irving's like, Mark, were you about to bed sit? Yeah, and he's you're like, about no. to bed sit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and it goes back to this whole, it's kind of a religious yeah. or almost a cult-like yeah. feel, right? You have the Kier the family and the iterations of Kiers that have been the in charge CEOs. of Lumen. Yeah, eight yeah. C is a Lumen, a Lumen. And then you kind of have the book comes in and it's like, all right, well, here... You have these gods, your ancient gods, yep. the god, sun god, the whatever, all these right. basic. And then now you have the Bible. Yeah. These and, people that were you know, idolicized, and now you yeah. have account. a book yeah. that is telling you. And there's a really great thing in, in uh, Rickon's outlandish book that becomes it becomes Mark's Bible, basically having in question you know, the autocracy of the Kiers. It, it's... Uh, Zach Cherry Dillon opens up the book to chapter five. It's called Destiny. <laughs> and so he starts reading it and, and it's in Rickon's voice and it says D, dreaming the start of it all. So you have basically when they wake up at the table, there's a start. E, energy of breaking down walls. S, stewardship of home and earth. T, terror gives us more worth. You know, the, they're scaring them, they're terrorizing them, they're breaking them, and they feel they're more valuable because they're focused you know, on the company. I is for eyes to observe us with love. In their mind, that can be, like, who's doing, like, is that the bosses, the cameras, you know, uh, and meaning newness rains down from above. And why? That's a question we don't need to ponder for destiny, friends shall deliver all yonder. So like, what is their, like, is it, they're starting to question the nature of their destiny versus like the predetermined nature of what they're expected to do, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of religious overtones, a lot of, um, you know, it's really playing God with, with the people or the version of the innies that are in there. But, you know, it's kind of like we were just talking with different questions, you know, different theories that we have of what's going on in the show. So 
Mike, what's your, what's your, what, what is this all about? The, the show? Yeah. I, th- I think it's all about free, tr- uh, you know, free will and whether, and it's an experiment down in the basement that Lumen is running. And it's about how they've instilled these core beliefs in them. And now Rickon's book is just going to throw all of that out the window. It's ripping them apart. Yeah. It like, like in Russia, you had the czars and then, you know, communism came along and everybody just couldn't believe that they weren't living that way. And then they bought into it. And I think it's just like this complete change of guard in the way they believe. But that's what I think the show is ultimately about is about free will and how they were living in this Petri dish. And they introduce a new catalyst or element yeah. and it completely changes the scheme of how, how it's working and it's going to screw up Bloomin to some degree, but do you think? Yeah, you... I think it's going to have interesting results for the company. And, you know, as you see, they have like the Senator that's promoting it and his pregnant yeah. wife and, you know, how does the, the tables fall on the political spectrum. But I think, you know, I, we were talking before the show, it was some wild kind of theories, but, you know, whenever they're doing the sorting of the numbers and we have the Kier tempers yeah. of, what was it? Woe. Malice. Malice. Frolic. Frolic dread. and dread. Yep. And they're grouping the numbers into there. You know, what is that doing? Is there a severed population out there that's living in the real world that's like fully severed? Yeah. And... Kier talks about balancing the four tempers. Yeah, so a person is balanced within when they all finish these files. Do they fully balance like a severed person, yeah. whether it's inside or outside, that becomes basically like a sentient AI, you know, that can live among regular people without knowing that they're quote unquote severed. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate goal to some degree is that they voluntarily do this right, and then they work to become balanced within the four tempers, and then they become severed fully and they'll eventually go out into the world much like Westworld, how we were talking about. Yeah. They'll become sentient and then they'll go out into the world and they'll be this workforce dedicated to curerism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, but Rickon's book, Mark's <laughs> new Bible can bring down the whole thing. Well, camaraderie does mean camera in Latin, but that's true. <laughs> Would you ever be willing to be severed to work? Ooh, like I think I was saying at the beginning, if I could like, forget all the bad shit that happened at work yeah and only remember the good stuff (laughs) and interact with people you know like how we became friends and stuff like that right then yeah if i could just go if i clock out i really clock out but if i stop working and i can flip you know press a button on the side (laughs) of my head and like okay now i've entered my evening time but i still know like the people i work with but i had no clue what i did for that day until the next morning when i press the button on the side of my head again to go into work mode, but I can still like interact with people outside of work. Then yeah, from work outside of work. Yeah. But not fully be cut off. Oh, no way. Because I couldn't get a phone out of my hand for that long either. (laughs) Which I love how Rick and and his sister call it when she's going into labor and they're like, I don't know if this is work Mark or real life Mark, (laughs) but she's going into labor. And it's just like, they have no idea what he does, but no, I don't think there's any way I could be severed. I think it's just, is way too radical. It, yeah, it's too radical, especially how they lay it out in the show. Yeah. It's too radical to... I mean, unless you're dealing with some trauma that these people, or yeah. at least Mark, you know, where he has just basically a sister and, and that, so he can bifurcate, you know, during the day, because he really only has, like, one other touch point 
with his sister and Rickon outside of work. I think that's going to be the common thread that we find out in the show going forward is that a lot of these people have trauma. Yeah. Now, we know Mark's wife passed away, and that's no big surprise because yeah. it's mentioned pretty early on. But, you know, I thought Petey was going to have some sort of trauma, but it turns out, like, his daughter was still alive. Well, he had the divorce, and maybe that yeah. tore him up, and maybe his daughter didn't see him much, in, you know, after the divorce, or we don't know what Helly's trauma or uh, Dylan's trauma is. But I am bet there's some kind of trauma. Because in the end everybody deals with their trauma in different yeah. ways. And so like you, you know, I think you with, grieve, you push all your emotions down the side or you sever yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this world. Yeah. I think with the subliminal messages that were going on in the break room that we just talked about, yeah. they had a breakthrough. I think it'll come out that like Dylan, right. He has a kid. Yeah. I have a feeling he lost a kid. Yeah. Like his kid died recently and now he works there to like sever that. Yeah. And Helly like was like in a, an abusive relationship. Yeah. Or something. something. So yeah. I think trauma is what's pushing them all to this and they're balancing within the implants, their personalities through these four tempers and yeah. they just don't know it. And they're doing everybody's at lumens. I don't know. Yeah. It's this crazy technology that they're using with these crazy. Yeah. That this premise. one little yeah. pill size thing can go in there and it separates the memories. Yeah. But it's true. What is it triggered by? You know, we know in the elevator it triggers, but then we find out that they trigger Dylan into his innie at home <laughs> when they when he steals something out of there. Like, I think it's going to be it's just like a radio frequency. Or yeah, something, like something that. that yeah. does that. Yeah, maybe in that neighborhood that they're in, you know, that yeah. they all could be living in has that. In that the whole houses. town is controlled by by yeah. women, right? It's yeah. it. The town is called Kier. Yeah, and the bar and grill is called Pips, which yeah. was one of the names of the CEO. Yep. Like, this whole town could be severed and nobody yeah they don't even know yeah Yeah. so could be the chemtrails coming down from the (laughs) the the sky from the planes severing them yep but yeah what any more questions that you had or no uh what uh, other than did dylan actually finish the tumwater spreadsheet project that's the one thing that i want to know is you know he's diligently working on the tumwater project like 98 percent. yeah and he wants his mel he wants his waffle party yeah. is he gonna get it by episode nine there's only three more episodes left let's tone is down the get- waffle party brag <laughs> i feel that was pointed at me yeah. i think i think uh i want to know if tumwater gets completed yeah i also want to know how the food was at pips they were you know it didn't really show mark eating i have a feeling it's like applebee's <laughs> I just have a feeling. And TikTok's made about it. Like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. yeah, that was, I mean, really, we don't know what the numbers mean. We just know yeah. that they get some emotional response from it. They're able to separate it within these four tempers. But, you know, we kind of talked about the type of workers. What kind of worker do you think you would be within the four types of workers that we talked about? There was the the incentive guy, the the believer, the rebel, and the worker. Or, I, or the prodigy, I guess um, is what it was. I think I'm doing because <laughs> I'm all about the incentives. So I want like, I want my waffle party. I want the money. I want this and that. And plus, I can be a smartass yeah. and then also like threaten Christopher Walken with a stapler <laughs> and say, "How the wet fuck did you get here?" You know, like just the sayings he said is like, I don't know. I would love to be that character. What the hell, are you guys do it in the hall. Yeah, we're just doing egg drops. Yeah, Tr- trust exercises. Yeah. Look at those eggs. They look, they look like shit. They're full yeah. of shit, man. I love that. Dylan he, is hilarious. Yeah, he goes from zero to sixty like nothing. Oh yeah, but this is. I think it's turned out to be a great show. Um, we, yeah, we've I can't, got three left. I three can't episodes. wait. And 
the only thing I worry about, I mean, well, it's a good worry to have, but since there is going to be a season two, is already yeah. greenlit. That what's going to be, what do you, what do you think will any questions be answered? Like, what are they doing? What are, you know, what's the purpose? You know, do you think we'll have any questions answered uh, by the end of the first season? Yeah, I think we're going to have some questions answered around why these people are there yeah. and who they are on the outside. I think that's going to be kind of a big reveal, especially Helly's. But I think it'll come down to the fact that their outer life sucks. Yeah. And their innies will be given a choice to Ooh, leave. And that's... some will stay. But that goes back to the fully severed people outside. Yeah. They kind of then build this life as an any and then they give them the choice and they can fully give them the choice yes can't see my air quotes right so is it free will that they've brainwashed them and now they're gonna give them the option to turn loose you've just created a whole new person basically now do they really want to stay in this basement for the rest of their lives severed lives right yeah or do they go free and i think it's this ultimate trick of what is free will and i think some will stay like irving is a true believer yeah yeah. And and Mark is a prodigy, and he's gonna follow Helly, I think, if Ooh. she makes it through the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's my thoughts. I don't know if you had any. No, thoughts. I think that's a good place to wrap because I think that's a lot of good, different. Um, there's so many ways this can go. I think. Oh yeah. But you know, we'll see. So I mean, we have. The next uh, episode seven comes out Friday. Yep. So when this drops, the next episode will be out. So yep. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. And, um, you know, we plan to ride out the season, the last three episodes, talk about them. And, of course, some other shows we're watching. And we're, we'll have a – we'll definitely have another special episode coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. Yep. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, as always, you can follow us on our different – social media platforms and stuff yeah you can follow us on on spotify and uh google podcasts and find us on instagram um can we kick it pod and then uh uh, our website uh kicking it media kicking it media.com dot com and then you can always email us at uh, can we kick it pod one at gmail.com peace peace